Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on. Lots to get to. I do appreciate you. Later on this hour, Martina Markova. Or, or, I'm sorry, not Markova, Markota. Um, she is a former reporter at the Daily Caller, former reporter with uh, Rebel News in Canada, also burlesque dancer, and said that the people around her didn't know that she was conservative. And when she came out in support of Trump or conservative values, she was canceled. But like six years ago, and I just found this story to be to be very intriguing. And uh, we've got her on the bottom of the hour. Make sure you stick around for that. It's 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 one of those stories that you think to yourself: if everybody around me knew what I think about stuff, how would they react? And she's in an industry or was that didn't know and made the assumption. Like I, I get this all the time, and I might have actually said this in the interview. But when my former classmates connect with me on on Facebook or on social media anywhere, and I'm talking like high school, middle school classmates. Long time ago, Carrie. Mm, years and Long years, time ago. decades. Yeah, mm. when they when they reconnect with me, they're what? When did when did you become conservative? What the hell happened? As if they assumed I was some liberal playing, you know, an instrument in the performing arts. So yeah, there's a lot of there were a lot of assumptions out there, and her story is one that probably isn't. Well, it isn't one that most of you know, but it's an interesting take on what we're seeing now in cancel culture on a Monday. Right, Motown Monday, let's go. Carrie, how you doing? Very good. That's Polo, get it done. Sam in the hizzy. your state do when it comes to COVID? I think it's an interesting question. And did you see that uh, that Fauci has now come out and said, well, it's really going to be up to the individual to decide. Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is that? Did you see that? I did, yes. So last week he said, we ought to be ready to pivot and go back to the restrictions that we had. Okay, is that Andrew Cuomo? Or is that, is that, uh, I'm not sure. Fauci? It doesn't sound like Fauci, though. Not really. Fauci might have a higher voice. He's, he's he's a little more feminine than I am. <laughs> yeah, you have to pivot. And, uh, I have no, no idea. It's even worse. No. No. <laughs> I do like the Godfather. <laughs> yeah, you got to pivot. <laughs> all right, so either way, last week he's telling us, get ready to have the restrictions back. They're all coming back, and the restrictions are happening, and that's it. And yet, you like it or lump it. And this week, eh. As an individual, you know what I mean? You should make a decision for yourself. I'm like, yeah. wait a second. So it's somebody confusing. in the Biden administration, somebody on the left got him and said, what are you, stupid? You can't tell them the restrictions are coming back. We're trying to we're trying to win an election here. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, it's up to us. Carrie, did you know it's up to the individual? Yes, I did. I mean, we've always thought that, but yeah. that's not what we were told by the CDC well, yeah, and the NIH well, of and everybody else. We had to listen to them. But they had to right. So so we've got him now saying that listen to the individual, but we're also getting that because Nancy Pelosi was filled with COVID and was kissing on President Biden last week, and then Saki was filled with COVID and was gone for a few days, and then and then you had Harris 
Kamala Harris filled with COVID, shows up and presides over the Senate, and she's not wearing a mask. And then, of course, there's a picture of her from last week where she's with a bunch of students. She didn't have a mask on, but they all did. So it's up to the individual, it turns out. Hmm. First time I've heard that from Fauci. Have you heard that from Fauci before? No. So let's talk about the states that did the best and the worst when it came to COVID-19. And, uh, by the way, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. I want to know what state you're in and how well or how badly they did there. Carrie. From the Daily Mail, states that imposed the harshest lockdowns had the most devastating impact on the public. The most wide-ranging study into COVID restrictions in the U.S. to date has found New York, California, New Jersey, and Illinois were panned for their pandemic performance after bringing in draconian measures to shut their citizens in their homes. Those states' Democrat governor's policies caused high death rates, ruined children's education, and destroyed businesses due to the severe curbs on freedom, researchers found as they slapped them with an F-minus grade. Nine out of the 10 worst responses to the pandemic were in blue states, the report said, with only one Republican-run Maryland bucking that trend and coming seventh last. And meanwhile, places that allowed their residents more freedom as coronavirus swept across the country appeared to fare better over the last two years. Florida fared sixth with its governor, Ron DeSantis, condemned in the early days of the pandemic for what critics claimed was a reckless desire to reopen too quickly. Utah, Nebraska, Vermont, Montana and South Dakota were also praised by analysts for their pandemic response, which did not cause more COVID deaths. Maine was the only Democrat-run state in the top nine best responses and came in eighth. Other Republican-led areas, which dominated nine out of the top ten places in the study, have seen their economies remain strong and unemployment figures stay steady due to fewer restrictions. The report, written by the National Bureau of Economic Research, said shutting down during the pandemic was by far the biggest mistake governors and state officials made. It judged states on their economy, education, and mortality and compiled a comprehensive list showing how they now stand as coronavirus dies down. Now, the bombshell study comes amid fears coronavirus restrictions may be phased back in as cases of the virus creep up, with Philadelphia bringing back its indoor mask mandate only a month after lifting it. I mean, so you're telling me Philadelphia has now reinstated the indoor mask mandate? Correct. Have they given a reason why they would have to do that? Um, I'm just ass- doing it. I, I don't know. I have to look. Yeah. I'm assuming they're going to say it's the uptick in COVID cases. Yeah. Because masks have nothing to do with the COVID cases going up or down, but they'll keep on saying that as if it's true. It's not. Um, I do want to ask those who are watching and listening, though. Your state. Which state is it? How did they do? Here well, in I Texas, do have all the lists, actually, and the, and the grades of all. Well, Texas was number 25. Their grade was a C in Texas. Really? Yeah. And what was the standard? To, was this as voted by the, the residents or something else going on? I don't know. I guess, you know, this uh, group decided on, you know, mortality and, you know, they did they did all those factors and they were the ones that were grading it by the National Bureau of Economic Research. Okay, that's who did that. Interesting. I wonder how the residents would have voted. Now, I know that in Texas, there are a lot of us who are conservative who were concerned when the governor, who's a great governor, Governor Abbott, said that the counties that were complaining about him saying that you couldn't make a mask mandate, they weren't reading well enough to see that really they could, uh, but the state was saying that you couldn't, but you really could if you read. It was very odd the way the whole thing came down because it looked like he was taking a stand for freedom and liberty. And then pretty much like county judges, who were basically the mayors of the county, 
basically, he let them make the decision about what their county was going to do. And of course, you've got very blue counties that were being stupid. You've got very red counties that I think were being less stupid. Um, so that was a little bit wishy-washy for some when it comes to what was happening with COVID-19. All in all, though, I'm a resident of Texas, and we were more free than they were in Michigan, where one of my kids lives, where, where they were in New York, which is where I'm from, than they were in Washington State, where a lot of you are listening. So I wonder, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Or go to JoePags.com, scroll down and click on Contact. You can contact me that way via email. And uh, while you're there, make sure you click on the big stories of the day. Check out the monologues that are there. Check out the parodies that are there. And, uh, and go there and also click on your favorite social media. But I wonder what you think about your state's response. How did your state do? Top of the list? Bottom of the list? And are you willing to do, here, this, this might be the rub, are you willing to do something about it in November? If you've got a state governor or a county executive or a, a county judge or a mayor who's up for re-election or a, a senator or, a, or a, a representative, are you willing to get rid of them if they didn't give you the freedom and liberty that we deserve as Americans? I wonder if there will be hell to pay. Because a lot of you talk a good game, then you vote for the wrong people. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Motown Monday on the Joe Pag Show. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on. Lots to get to. This is your opportunity to tell the entire country how you feel your state did or your county did or your, your I don't know, your city did. I'd rather go state, though, state to state. How did they do when it comes to COVID-19? Do you feel good about the response? Do you feel like they did the right thing? Do you feel like they stepped up to the plate and said, you darn straight, we're going to keep your freedom and liberty intact? We're not going to close everything down. We're going to get those kids back in school as soon as they can. Or did your state suck? Suck. Carrie, can I use a button for suck or not? Mm, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Yeah. Good, sure. good, good. So uh, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. I really, listen, I live in one state. I live in Texas. We visited during COVID-19. Where did we visit? Did we go anywhere with COVID-19? I guess Florida in the early part of it, and that was easy, obviously, because there are no restrictions, really. Um, but when, when I do the news every day, when I bring you issues every day, when we talk about important things to you every day, I'm hearing from people in states that they just really absolutely screwed up. I feel so sorry for the people of California. And here's what I mean. California is absolutely gorgeous. What an amazing state California is. So many things going right. Beautiful beaches, incredible mountains, weather all year round to die for. The beautiful people are there. Hollywood is there. It's a magical state. Then you got a bunch of ass wagons running it. You got a bunch of ass wagons making stupid moves, stupid deals, and stupid restrictions that they themselves weren't following. I really do feel bad. For me, it just doesn't make sense. It's almost as if they have a 
They have so many riches. What's the term? Comedy of riches? Something like that. They have so many riches in California, so many things that other states wish they had. When you go and visit California, you're like, I'm going to move here. And then you like buy a loaf of bread and realize I can't live here. Or you see the price of a gallon of gasoline. It is so surprising to me every time somebody calls from California. And I wonder, when I first got into radio back in the day, like 1989. You know, it's like 1960, but okay, go ahead. What's that? I couldn't hear you. It was 1989. You were 43. (laughs) No, and I think you just became a grandmother. So no, no, not a grandmother. Yeah, you were a baby. (laughs) So, um, I was offered a job at a radio station, and I think it was—I could be wrong—nineteen thousand a year. This is a full-time job. (laughs) I'm like, what are you doing? How are you? This is like a hundred thousand watt FM station. What are you talking about? (laughs) And the guy said, well, you know, like they always say, half the pays in sunshine. I lived in Florida. And I said, well, I've lived here my whole life. It rains every afternoon at about 3.30. So I'm not really sure what you're talking about, this whole sunshine. But I've had it, uh, enough sunshine. I just want some money. Tell you what, keep some of the sunshine. Give me some money. Mm-hmm. But he really meant that. And I think that California has that same perspective. The perspective is, yeah, but look at everything we have here. Like, right, I can't even buy one gallon of gas. It's $8 or whatever. Yeah, but you should go to our, the, the sushi restaurant. The best sushi restaurant in the world, right? One roll of sushi is one hundred forty-two dollars. I mean, what are you talking about? It's unlivable. When you go to California on vacation, you better bring a pocket full of money, and you better be willing to leave with nothing. So it doesn't make sense to me. How exactly did your state do? I wonder. Rose, Florida, what's happening? I think. My state, Florida, did great. However, I felt very sorry for all of my family up in Michigan because I don't think Whitmer did a very good job up there. It would have been hard to be worse than Whitmer was in Michigan during the pandemic. And even right now, the decisions she made were so stupid. I can't even put it. When you cordon off part of Walmart and say, you can't buy these things in this aisle, but you can buy the ones here. Or you tell people, you can go boating, just don't use a motor. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what the hell she was doing. So I agree with you. Florida, great. That's where my mom lives. Michigan, not so great where my daughter lives. I agree with you, Rose. Yeah, there was a um, there was a barber in my hometown of Owasso up there that uh, had enough, and he just went ahead and opened his barber shop. Rose, you, you, you realize we used to live in Owasso, Michigan, right? I understood that, yes. yeah. Right, right, I, off, right uh, off of M52. I was born there and moved to Florida in 78. Nice. Uh, we moved to Florida in 73, but we lived in Owasso. I was a television news anchor in Lansing. We lived there, I think, from like 2000 to 2002, something like that. And uh, it was just wonderful, a wonderful community. Yeah, when I saw the barber was being attacked, a 77-year-old guy being attacked because he wanted to cut people's hair, that, that's when I knew that they, yeah, they went Carl completely Mankey. nuts. Uh-huh. And we had Carl on the show. Absolutely. Rose, I appreciate you. Thank you. Can you imagine that, how small? I mean, Owasso, Michigan is a little tiny town. Mm-hmm. Small world. So small you get one is Owasso, one side of the road. The other side of the road is Owasso Township. Hmm. And it's in Shiawassee County. And it's just a rocking little place. Um, Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Let me go back at it. Let me say hello and welcome to Nancy in Las Vegas. Nancy, what's going on? Hi. Hi. Um, I just wanted to tell you that Sissy Pants Sisolak followed California. He ruined the state. He ruined our kids. And uh, as I was telling your screener, I lived in California for 40 years, and I've been in Nevada for 33. And I wouldn't go back to California if everything was paid for. They've trashed that 
beautiful state. Worse than Sisolak. So, huh? Worse than Sisolak? Yeah, Sissy Pants Sisolak. <laughs> and it's really funny. I didn't get the vaccine. I'm 74. I did get COVID and lost my sense of taste and smell for about four months. But it, what really upset me was my daughter, granddaughter that goes to UNLV had to get the vaccine. And a week before the spring, to, for them to get their spring classes, Sisolak lifted it. I could have I kicked him, whoa, all the way from here to California. You mean sissy pants, right? Sissy pants, Sisolak. That's what- <laughs> I just, just wanted her to say it again. I don't I know understand. Why. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I, I needed to hear it again. I don't know why. We appreciate you. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate you. Going to be um, Chad in Washington. Chad, what's going on? Hi. Hey, Joe. How are you doing today, bud? Live, living the dream, man. What's happening? Okay, so I live in Washington State. Oh, Eastern no. Eastern Washington. Oh, boy. Um, so you know our governor's Jay Inslee, right? Yes. So that means our COVID thing sucked. He was the guy that was out there trying to track you guys on your phones. If you went and ate at a restaurant where somebody came down with COVID, everybody who went there, they were allowed to track you. This guy's nuts. Yeah, he's insane. It's just, it's absolutely terrible. Is he up for re-election yeah, this year? To, well, he's, it's, it's his third term he's in right now already. So he can't run again? Well, unless he finds some emergency way to run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now he's he's, he's got in last time. So. There's something wrong with him. A, well, there's a few things wrong with him. So King <laughs> King Ensley is what he thinks he is. Well, he's not, and I'm glad that you called in. Thank you, Chad. Appreciate that. Let me go back at it. Let me say hello to uh, Johnny in Minnesota. Johnny, talk to me. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Living the anyway, dream, Johnny. I'm from Minnesota. I've called to you before too, and you guys do a great job. Anyways, I know you hate this crap. My Governor Wall sucks. He wasn't as bad as the last caller. But uh, I remember him first saying, you know, it's all for everybody's health. You know, I just want to keep you alive so you can vote me out. Well, I'm, I've, I've been voting for them to be out anyways. And it's not just him. When the city of Minneapolis and St. Paul decided to do back to just a month, a couple months ago, when they added a month of indoor masking again, he did nothing to stop it. The city of Minneapolis council, I lived through all the George Floyd stuff. It's brutal. It's they have ruining that they have ruined that city, big time. Uh, so, Johnny, I hear you. Uh, no, I, I think the, I think your governor's an ass wagon myself. Absolutely. Um, and, and again, when you look at the successful governors, when it comes to the economic state of the state, when it comes to people having freedom and liberty, when it comes to people being happy about living there, there's a stark difference, generally speaking, between blue states and red states. The red states do believe. They do believe in um, in actual freedom and liberty that that's, that are natural rights from God that are protected by either state or U.S. constitutions. The other states think they can tell you you can't eat inside a restaurant unless you're Gavin Newsom. You can't even have your restaurant unless you're the person on the city council who wants to eat there the night before they close it. It's just absolutely crazy to me that it was allowed to go on as far as it went on. I do appreciate you calling in. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Go to JoePags.com. Martina Marto- Mark- Marcota. Marcota is her last name. Is up next. Keep it here. Joe Pags.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady on. I hadn't met her until today. I mean, we actually met the other night on Twitter, I guess. It's uh, Martina Marcota, and she is a former Daily um, Caller reporter, former Rebel News reporter, a burlesque dancer. Um, you, also, you also take pictures, too, right? Yeah, I do my own photography. Well, Martina, nice to meet you face-to-face. Um, I was floating around Twitter the other night, and everybody's talking about Amber Athey. And Amber Athey was wronged. She shouldn't have been fired, which she said wasn't, wasn't racist. But you sort of made, and I don't blame you, you alluded to the fact that, well, wait a second. Quite a few years ago, I had a great career. I had a great circle of friends. And I was excommunicated and lied about, and nobody's talked about my story. And my response to you was, I don't know your story. And then we got, you, you gave me some links. I watched a video. So let's start from the start if we can. Uh, what, what, you were in the burlesque business, which is, for those who don't know, you're not, you're not a new dancer, but you're somebody who, who uh, does sort of an old-style striptease, but you don't get down to naked, right? Yeah, correct. Uh, I mean, in my world in New York City nightlife, it was like Cirque. It was very Cirque. There was contortionists. There was drag queens. It was, if you know, the club kids in New York City. Yeah. That, it was just a fun, wild, like costumes, makeup, like I said, drag, Cirque, like all sorts of stuff. But burlesque in particular, yeah, it's all about costuming and it's yeah. very pin up and vintage. So it, it had a really great theme and it was useful for a lot of corporate events as well. And also um, reported for the Daily Caller, reported for Rebel News. So you already, I'm guessing that happened after the, the, the dust-up. So let's start with the dust-up. You, you decided that you would make it known to somebody. And I, did they just get wind of this or did you tell somebody, I'm supporting Trump? No, they made wind of it. I never really wanted to rock the boat. I knew in the New York City art nightlife scene that they were very far left and super feminist. <laughs> I call them super right. feminists. They're not just normal feminists. They're super <laughs> feminists. Right. Radical feminists, I guess we call them. And uh, so I, I kept it pretty quiet. I didn't really want to rock the boat. I didn't feel like it was worth it. Uh, but they caught wind of it. And once they catch wind of something like that, in this type of super leftist industry, they they go crazy over yeah. it. Uh, I, as I told you before, I'm a, I'm a music guy. I, I play instruments and, and stuff like that. So through college, I was in the same sort of circles that you're talking about. They assumed right. that I was a liberal like them. Oh. I never talked about politics back then. Um, but once I got on radio and television, they said, holy crap, when did you switch? And I didn't. So w- is there really never an opportunity to talk about politics? Or were you aware that if you were going to talk about how you felt about stuff, it would alienate you? I was aware that it was going to alienate me, so I tried not to rock the boat too much. Obviously on Facebook, all all my friends, everybody saying things backstage, and they had their very extreme left, extreme leftist perspectives, and I just pretty much kept it quiet. I would say little things to maybe try to get them to think about other things and right. devil's advocate at times, but I never really went out like championing my cause because right. I, I just, I knew it was going to rock the boat too much. It's Mar- Martina Marcota and uh, martinamarcota.com is the website. I also follow her at Martina Marcota on, on most social media. Yeah. So Martina, how did they find out? Well, at the time... <laughs> There was like, I think the merger with uh, Facebook and Instagram right. and I decided, you know, I, everyone wants to feel like themselves and express themselves. Like self-expression is an important thing for uh, humans. Like it, it's something that keeps us sane. Right. So I figured, okay, well, I have my stage name and my performing persona, but, and I don't want to rock the boat with my friends and people online. So maybe if I use my real name, I could kind of go out there, do interviews, write a blog, do, do create another social media account where I could post like a meme or 
or something. Right. And uh, Facebook uh, unfortunately notified all 5,000 of my oh, no. Facebook friends that I created an Instagram account to go check it out. And when they did, they were like, what is this? All right. So you were Lady Alchemy on social media and you right. decided, let me go Martina Marcota and do my own thing over here and say, yay, Trump, or I, you know, I, uh, I'm against this, that, or the other politically. And Instagram and Facebook literally told everybody? Yeah, I don't know if they still do that, but back in 2016, wow. there was like a notification everyone got because they used the same email to create the account and it notified everyone, go check out our account. And it had, I just started my website, Martina Marcota, where I had a blog and I'd talk about the arts and that's my expertise is yeah. like art and culture, but like, how can I reconcile burlesque and being a conservative or, or Republican, whatever. And that's uh, a great question. You, you wrote about that because people, people watching yeah. right now are going to go to your website and go, oh, hold on a second. She's a conservative. Yeah, and I mean, I never really considered myself socially conservative because, again, I was around the LGBT, right. I performed at Pride, all my friends were drag, I performed with drag queens, I was part of the club kid scene. Yeah. I always thought I was socially liberal, but it just got to a point where they were taking things too far. You know, they were claiming racism was a social, con not, was it a social construct? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> no, gender is a social construct. They were saying racism is like institutionalized and right. only white people can be racist. Right. They started to say things or like that uh, transgender people are real women, which I was very supportive of trans people. And yeah. I had friends of that and I would call you whatever pronoun you wanted or whatever. But do I personally believe you're a real woman like biologically? No, right. but then that became very taboo and it became very accusatory and uh, isms if I didn't agree with you. So that kind of started to shift my perspective of what social conservatism was. And I mean, with burlesque in particular, I mean, it's super pinup, you know, yeah. <laughs> pin up, we should love beauty and right. feminine beauty, the feminine archetype. So there's things like that. There's a difference between you know, trashiness and like Instagram showing a little too right. much or whatever. But when you can add the artistry and you add pinups, which is something we should embrace, and it's, you know, they put them on the old military. Oh plate yeah, right. Stuff like that. No, 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 no so, ex ex exactly right. I, I think I get your point. I mean, it's a super feminine business. Yeah. Uh, Leah Thomas wouldn't do well. Caitlyn Jenner wouldn't do well in burlesque. That's true. Um, and, and yes, if we're talking about gender, there are only two. There's male and female. If you've got a Y, you're a male. If you don't, you're a female. But I, I'm friends with Caitlyn Jenner, and, and I've had Caitlyn Jenner on my show twice, and we've spoken off the air for long because... Caitlyn Jenner knows that I don't agree with everything that, that we're talking about when it comes to trans, but you can have that conversation, but, but, but to say you're, you're a female, I understand why in your business you would stand up and say, well, no, you're really not, um, but, but I'll do what you want. You're, you're an adult, and I'll treat you how you want to be treated, but I'm not going to bend what I know to be scientifically factual. Exactly. It was um, out of respect, and, you know, I, I'm a weirdo. I call myself Lady Alchemy, you know, and I... <laughs> I like we, I lived in a world of make believe and creativity and fantasy and even drag queens. Drag queens aren't transgender, and that's what I think the right needs to remember. A lot of right. times, they're they're basically a clown. They they dress up as this caricature of a woman, right. and when they're dressed up, just like when I'm dressed up as Lady Alchemy or put my makeup on to interview with today, it's right. different than my real self when I take it all off and right. I just kind of let loose. So they're actual men that dress up, and when they're dressed up, you call them she. You go, oh hey right. girl, and she, and and you play that part. And like I'm totally in. Like that cool. I I love it, but if you're going to start 
attacking me for not genuinely believing uh, that you are biologically a woman, yeah. then that's where I start having problems. Well, I'm glad that, I'm glad you stood up for your beliefs. It's uh, Mar- Martina Marcota. She's a former bless, uh, burlesque performer, he said, Daily yeah. Caller reporter, Rebel News reporter, and uh, and got canceled. So they find right. out that, that you feel this way. You're doing blogs explaining things. You're, you're talking about your conservative bent, politically at least, um, <laughs> economically at least. And, um, and then what happens? Because I know in my business, in the, in the talk radio business, as much as we do love each other, there's a lot of catfighting too. And there's a lot of jealousy that you might not know about until there's an opportunity for them to act on the jealousy. So what happened in your case? Did they immediately try to just excommunicate you? Yeah, and I agree with what you're saying. I, I hate to say jealousy or whatever, but there are times where, yes, it's correct, exactly. People take an opportunity to go, aha, we got something we can get her on. Right. And unfortunately, in today's world uh, and in 2016, politics, you bring up anyone being a Trump supporter or a Republican in general, that was a big aha. We can go get them without looking petty. So that was definitely taken advantage of. But then there were people that didn't know me, yeah. uh, but they had to feel that they needed to take a stand. Maybe they performed with me and they, they experienced me backstage, which I was very polite and kept to myself, But they or they didn't know me at all. And they go, oh, I heard that there is a, a right wing uh, Trump supporting burlesque dancer and we need to all stick together and make sure she doesn't work anymore. And, you know, for our safety and let's make sure producers don't book her. So it really took wind beyond even people having personal uh, jealousies or whatever. Well, Martina, is that how it, is that how it manifested itself? You just stopped getting calls. You stopped getting the jobs that you thought you had. You're getting cancellations on jobs that were already set. What happened? Yeah. I, they, the theater that I worked at five days a week decided uh, it was not worth to have me there anymore because of all the uh, personal dramas with, it was over politics. I mean, the producer had a meeting with me, called me in to the office and said, we need to talk because everybody's talking about this whole politics thing. And at first the, the producer and the directors were like, and they were extremely gay. And they said, listen, I'm a Hillary supporter and we do a lot of strange things on stage. We have people urinating on American flags. We have people doing all sorts of political acts. So who are we to judge you uh, on your politics? Just don't bring it into uh, you know, the theater. And Sounds I was good. Like, sure, yeah, I don't. I don't really do political acts. I don't talk about politics backstage. So that's fine. And I really appreciated it. But it all it took was enough people. And we all know this. This is the whole concept of cancel culture today. Right. Enough people making a stink about it. Then the producers, then directors go, we just can't, we can't do Like, is this worth it anymore? Right. We can't deal with this anymore. And it was the same with my agent who she came from, uh, she, when this first started to happen, she's Chinese American said, this is like the reds in China. This is crazy. I right. said, I, I know, but there was, and so she didn't care personally about my politics, but then there came a point where she said, I can't book you because all of the girls are demanding that like, if I don't stop hiring you, they're not going to work for me. So suddenly wow. she doesn't have a roster of performers for, for her clients anymore because I'm, she's still booking me. So as, well, well I'll, say, I'll say this, as, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but, uh, but it's Martina Marcota. Go to martinamarcota.com. Follow her at Martina Marcota everywhere. You're great. You're not Trump. You're not, you're not uh, you know, uh, Sean Hannity. You're right. somebody who's a smaller fish in the conservative pond, why were they so dead set on getting rid of you? And let's take it to the next step. How did you get labeled alt-right? How did, because when people right now look you up, 
They're going to get a bunch of crap online that says you're an alt-right, um, you know, white supremacist activist. Yeah. Uh, How well, does that happen? I mean, it happened. And why I, you? And I, I knew it was going to happen after Hillary did her alt-right speech. If you remember, I think it was like about October or something, 2016. Okay. She wanted, and this is what the left do. They paint a picture of, of something innocent on the right to be something nefarious so that the average person runs around going all right all right parroting like they're all right like that's that's not even republican that's worse than being a trump supporter they're alt right you know what that means and they don't know what it means to be honest but go ahead no and they don't but that's what the left media does they go out and they i mean they do it to everyone they'll do it to tucker though uh, they certainly I, do it know, to me. They, they call me a white supremacist all the time. It's just stupid. Right. I mean, they'll do it to even, I mean, no matter how stupid you think going out in January 6th or whatever, I mean, now they're insurrectionists when they were, you know, <laughs> riding all year. So right. it's like they like to paint pictures of uh, broad strokes and make things way more nefarious than it is. So that's what they did. That's where the alt-right thing so, so in. So you, because they targeted you because you were the one available. You, yeah, you, you, I mean, you, they, they needed somebody to beat up and get rid of to feel better about Trump, to feel better about the conservative movement in the country. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, well, I mean, in this particular small niche of this industry, I think it was very shocking for them to have one of a, a, an evil person among them yeah. floating around, working among them, secretly being there and they wanted to expose that like they found it completely outrageous and you can see a lot of stuff that you've seen online where i I show proof i show screenshots of what they were doing and saying at the time in 2016 i love that you have that yeah (laughs) i have like a mountain of that right and so they can never deny what they did to me but like you can see what they were doing is is like there is someone among us that is evil we must get it and it was a shock to me because i thought oh, maybe I could change people's idea of what a, a Republican is or what a Trump supporter is. Right. Because when they find out who I am, uh, that I am that, and they know me, they'd go, huh, like, I thought that they were this way. Maybe I should reconsider what I think a Trump supporter is or what a right. Republican is. But instead, they did the opposite. What they did was go, oh, Lady Alchemy is is a Trump supporter? Well, then she must be evil. <laughs> well, and, and exactly right. It's uh, Martina Marcota. Go to martinamarcota.com. Go follow her at Martina Marcota. It's M-A-R-K-O-T-A um, on all the social media. I only got about a minute or so left, but but I want to ask you this. Were you surprised that the conservatives turned on you as well because they believed the, the far-left, alt-right crap that they were saying about you? I mean, literally, you're having a hard time even getting in with those who do agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I think this is what is particularly uh, working with what the left are doing and what is dangerous and what we got to look out for on the right is the left will try to slander and target one of our own so that one by one they can start like knocking us off. You know, you you ruin someone's reputation, scare the right into like we don't want to associate with white supremacy. We don't because obviously we we're not that. Of course. How big is white supremacy? Really? There's probably like 10 of them out there. You know, like how big is the case? KKKs, it's it's tiny. So what they do is try to knock off one at a time. Let's get this person ruined. Let's get that person ruined. And the right kind of buy into it. They freak out because they don't want to be labeled as far right, white supremacist, any of that stuff. So if you stop doing that, if the right kind of just says, no, knock it off, I don't care. I don't care. Then how, how much is that going to work every single time they do that? 
Oh, and you say I don't. This is what I say when somebody calls me a racist or a white supremacist. I just say one one simple question: Can you show me one instance that I've ever been a white supremacist or a racist? And go, and they can't. Right. But but the thing is, most people say I have got a black friend. You, you know, they're they're very stupid mm-hmm. in how they react to it, and they shouldn't. Uh, I've got maybe twenty seconds left. I want to send people to Martina uh, Marcota What's the next step for you? We're getting the story out. Hopefully, others will get the story out. What is it that you want? You want to go back and just and be accepted for your beliefs and not be sort of thrown in the corner. Yeah, and I don't think that that's possible necessarily in the leftist world, but uh, I just do want to go back and make art. That's who I am. That's I'm, I'm not... Uh, out there a big political person I'm, I'm not some advocate for uh, politics or whatever I'm an artist and that's what I want to do and so I hope that I can kind of share with the right the importance of art and culture and why it's valuable why we should support artists yeah. why, why why arts and culture is important and I, that's my message and, and good and and by the way you can be an artist you can do all these things that we've listed off that you've done and also have right-leaning beliefs and you should be allowed to exist you know successfully in America I'm glad that you that you, you hit me up on our uh, Twitter, or I hit you either way. Um, and I'm glad that we have the story out there. Do me a favor, come back on, and, and hopefully we'll, we can get some people to wake up and go, okay, she's not who they said they were. Let's let her do what she does now. Martina, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me so much. You're very welcome. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Have you? Thanks a lot for stopping by. We've got time for some pop. Dirty pop. Little pop culture with Polo. What's happening, dude? So, uh, Britney Spears seemed to confuse her Instagram followers today, um, <laughs> which probably isn't anything new. Um, but she, I guess, basically mentioned that she thought that maybe she had um, a food baby. Then she kind of said that she thinks that she may have an actual baby. What? And then, yeah, and then she mentioned her husband, which the guy is her fiance. Now people are speculating maybe they are married. So, I mean, it's just, it's a whole confusing mess right now. Where's her conservator? Kidding. <laughs> that's Polo. That's Carrie. That's Sam. I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a good night. Bye. This is the Joe Pag Show.